Hi, welcome to Head Talks, the podcast from Head Forwards. I'm your host, Owen Hodge, and I'm joined today by Head of Agile Delivery at Cornwall Council, Mike Cairns. Hi, Owen. It's nice to, nice to be here. Thank you for the invite. Thanks very much, Mike. So, uh, did you come far today to get to us? Uh, I live in Aggie, so I live in St Agnes. Yeah. And um, so it took ages, right, roads up. <laughs> yeah, and It's absolutely. all a bit of a nightmare, but no, I mean, you know, I live in West Cornwall, so yes. I come down here quite a lot, so yeah. But this time it's all right. I love coming down here, food's good. So food's good and you've got lovely offices, so yeah. Um, so we're going to talk sort of about agile transformations, kind yep. of related topics yep. to that. Um, so I've heard the journey at, uh, at Cornwall Council being referred to as turning the tanker from an agile transformation yep. point of view. I think that's from an, an agile on the beach talk a while ago. It was. Where would you say you're at on that journey? How has it gone so far? Can you give us a little bit of flavour as to what that's like? Yeah, of course. It's gone really well. It's gone. I mean, I've, I've been there nearly four years. If I look back and think exactly, you know, if I'd gone in there thinking we would be where we are now and, you know, four years ago, any trepidation I had about coming, because I've relocated my whole family down to Cornwall, yeah. totally changed. I was working in financial services, moving to the public sector and doing this job that admittedly, when I looked at it, had a terrifyingly broad scope, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for, for whatever the job was, I remember talking it through with my wife and thinking and they said they i got to do all this I've got to do all this stuff right and and i thought but that was one of the selling points was this trusted empowerment and and steve and, and my previous boss ross and steve the cio and, and my previous boss ross mckenzie really kind of trusted me to do that so pretty cool so, so i came and did it if i thought we'd be where we are i would be very proud of that and pleased with it and, and we've got you know multiple within within the it teams we've got multiple product teams so 12 to if you to, to be fair more like 15 some of them don't call themselves product teams but they behave exactly like a product team does and a, a, a loose spotify styled scaled agile tiered framework of uh, interconnecting interdependent teams and um, we're using spotify tribes we've got communities of practice we've got a really successful um daily uh, daily gathering of the tribes so we call it a daily scrum of scrums and um, we've had full um, challenges from some scrum masters who've come in and agile coaches and said it's not a scrum of scrums I could care less the point is it's great we have a laugh we go through all of the day's things and, and actually that that meeting serves as the the heart of the hub of the delivery world for IS and and links into the leadership team so so it's great so within IS I think quite mature we've had internal audits that have said how well it's gone compared us with other sort of private sector bodies and, and big organizations and said we were better in some cases which is really cool and um, but also now serious backing through the training that we've rolled out elsewhere you know along with the delivery transformation we always thought that agile coaching was a key thing to champion we've got you know a, some seriously capable uh kind of how can i put it seriously capable charismatic agile coaches delivering courses and as a result we've had hundreds of people six seven hundred from the council go on the agile course including the chief exec including the section 151 officer which you know which is brilliant and then advocating agile as a way of getting things done um of having you know getting things done having a nice time while you're doing it you know like good value for customers good value for the people you serve that kind of thing and um, so we've got great backing people I, I i just i just think it's gone really well so you know i'm enjoying it i like going to work um i know that lots of people have said how you know how, how it enables them to enjoy their roles so it's pretty cool fantastic 
um, working with head forwards. You know, yeah. we've also got partners that, that huh. work with us in an agile way. Um, and you guys have been a big part of the transformation as well. You know, you've been involved and we never had to show you, you knew it. So that was cool. And other partners that we have tried to work with who don't understand Agile, it's been a real obstacle. So those, they, you know, that, that's yeah, yeah. another bit of it. So, yeah. Sounds like a really good news story so far. What would you say if you had to mention any challenges that you've had to overcome on the journey? What's the sort of, um, what have you got uh, in that space? So, so I've done this. I've done this before. I've done this in the private sector, mm-hmm. financial services, insurance companies, and things like that. Yeah. Um, very different environment. You've got much. You've got a lot more um, money. Let's be honest. Yeah. Public services, uh-huh. public sector. Excuse me. You you have to be creative, be resourceful. You have to make good use of the resources at your disposal. That doesn't mean there isn't money for things, but you have to justify it to you know you have to justify it very carefully to make sure that there would be a return on the investment for ultimately the people that fund you and the people that fund us are the people of Cornwall in this instance and so obviously we have to make sure that what we're doing so we and at, and at first that was an obstacle because when we came in let's do an experiment let's test this now some of us were aware that what we were experimenting on was rapidly increasing the speed of delivery stopping the waste and actually delivering things very very quickly for those that needed it but the, there was a, there was obstacles and challenges around you know that, that ensuring that we weren't flippantly wasting you know and, and we weren't and we weren't we were meticulously mm-hmm. careful about regularly checking in and justifying that the experiments we were running were working and that the teams we set up were actually delivering on the and um, you know the, the, the sort of the core principles that we needed them to so that's obstacle i, I mean the, the, the other thing council culture's quite distinct now i don't know my my main experience 15 years in the private sector financial services that is quite a distinct culture and you move between one financial one insurance company and another and it doesn't change a great deal yeah. you get your bonuses at the end of march throughout the year performance management reviews feed into bonuses people work really hard they work long hours, they get really, you know, they're well, well paid for it. The councils, it's not to say that council people work really, really hard, but there's a, there's a sense of um, almost like duty or a sense of like real, people are almost doing because they love it. Like they're really like passionate about being part of the public sector. There's less money for things uh, that that does to some extent kind of it, it does hold you back but also the understanding of that means that people will sort of roll their sleeves up and help with things that maybe isn't their job title which is really helpful undertaking a transformation so and um, i don't know the obstacles and challenges there could be here for the remainder yeah. of the day you know <laughs> into the night and you know get gradually you know yeah there's there's been a lot um where where did you sort of get started with it all? So what was the sort of initial baby steps, you know, in terms of, are you like agile in your adoption of agile in a way, you know, small iterative steps or did was it quite a big bang thing that you landed overnight? That's, good. That's a really good question. So no, definitely not big bang. My whole approach to everything and has always been, and it has been successful at the council, I have to say, is do small, do things in a small space, show they work, show the value, Again, in the council, that's critical because you show the value, 
you get buy-in from the people in that small experimental cluster of people who've been working on the thing others see that and they you know then your momentum builds and you actually then get others involved and you can grow things so we always do small experiments often you know without agile terminology we just gather people and do a thing and you yeah. we gather yeah. teams so the thing that really helped coming in to the council was that the IS senior leadership team were totally bought into agile yeah. and didn't exactly know how it should work in that environment and neither did I. Mm-hmm. I gave him a Gantt chart when I started and I said over the time we're going to do all these things and we go back at it and laugh at it now because obviously like it was so ambitious but also you know one of the things we said was collect gather the senior leadership team and let's build a scrum let's do a scrum to run the transformation using scrum using a scrum and we got this huge daily stand-up and kanban board and we wrote the agile principles in massive writing and um we put user stories up and we and, and we put it right by the canteen in the office and everyone was walking past we knew that people had to walk past to see it and kind of that we as a leadership team were not sure how to do this and we were being kind of vulnerable and going and and, and you know I was coaching them at first then we hired someone we hired Richard Barton another you know extraordinarily experienced agile coach and he came in I was so relieved because I had a bit of backing turned out that the head of PMO was also had loads of agile experience so these it started to grow and build some momentum with some other talented people but before you knew it twice a week we had daily stand-ups and people were watching it and they were watching the progression of the tasks across the board so then other people went and got boards yeah. and other people boards were appearing at the end of uh, pods of desks where the team sat and you saw they were beginning to start it so it grew like that so that's how we kicked it off and yeah, nice. um, ended up with a huge that we created one of the panels on the wall was a done bucket so all the tickets that were completed everything that we moved through that kanban board ended up on there and we never took them off and after you know three months you just saw this ticket after ticket after ticket and we gradually started sizing things and estimating and working through definitions already and definitions are done so we sort of learned scrum together some of us had done it before but we we you know in public learned scrum together shared it with everyone showed it to everyone and then everyone we didn't I don't think we even told everyone they should use Scrum, they just began using Scrum. Yeah, cool. That's um that's that's actually similar to a topic that was discussed on the previous uh, podcast actually, which was um sort of pick picking the bits of agile that work for you at the at the moment in time. Yeah. So, you know, like like I mentioned earlier, being agile in your just your adoption of agile in an organization allows you to if you, if you know, take the bits you need there and then, retros- retrospect, review it, iterate on it, bin stuff off that's not working, tweak, tweak it. it sounds like that's kind of what you what what you what you did in a lot of ways in terms of we don't know exactly what it looks like. There's not a set in stone. This is how you do agile, particularly a local authority. Yeah. But we'll go on the journey together and work yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And and as I said, that part wasn't really part of the plan. It was something we worked on together with the leadership team. Almost getting together, having the conversation, and going, "Hang on a minute, let's just do this." That space is there on the wall, and you know, thinking quickly and. Yeah. Being, you know, taking the opportunity when it arose which was but but we were very lucky that everyone was brought in they put their time into it and on the flip side I've worked in private sector organisations which probably like to think they were full of you know really progressive and you know great people 
And some people made themselves a total, utter obstacle to progress, particularly in the leadership teams. Yeah. And to the extent that almost you would... I'm absolutely convinced that some of my old colleagues would wait until we went on holiday. And by we, those of us that are working on the Agile transformation, we didn't go on a holiday together, but our calendars were being stalked because when we were away, these people would pounce on the whole of the rest of the team and start instigating like old style meetings and dragging things back in time. And you come back from leave and you'd almost be, the joke was we'd go into our calendars and go, What's, what's you know what's been undermined and what's been and, and that is bizarre but I never I never understood it and you know I, I, ironically you know I, I think some of those people now I've seen on their LinkedIn's they've actually changed their job titles to you know agile project manager and scrum master so it's obviously over time they they bought into it over time but but it was a real challenge for them to to get on board with it and you know huge resistance to change that wasn't really there in a council and mistakenly I would have thought that would be something that we would have faced yeah maybe and, and it really really wasn't and so that was a, that was a really nice surprise that's great so so buy-in so we've got buy-in we've got so which which I guess uh, relates to culture a little bit which is something we were talking about before yep. before we started this um, you've mentioned obviously like the leadership team within IS you've mentioned the buy-in from the uh, the teams the product teams within IS mm-hmm. what was the buy-in like early on from you know maybe stakeholders that sat outside of IT maybe where just software development or development in itself was is a bit of an alien concept anyway yeah was there any any resistance or any barriers you had to overcome there or were they bought in as well from the off so probably not from the off probably because they didn't really probably wouldn't have been aware this was going on and you know in in advance of this agile transformation i think it may may have been treated a bit more like a well they weren't an outsource function but elements of the way outsource functions are treated were at play which is here's your requirements specification give us a cost and we give them a cost and then they go right okay see you later go deliver it for us nerds and you know we 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 would we would go away and and deliver those things agile champions and challenges you as an agile coach or an agile transformation person or someone you know working with delivery teams to say back to those stakeholders well hang on a minute you know like we we can't deliver that based on what we've got here and we won't get you what you want and it'll be expensive and it won't be what you know let's go back to that main point it won't be what you want right so please come and join us and over time we played that message through and we played that message through but at the very outset, no, that that wasn't really there. So engagement from outside of IT, not not really there over time though. And and the and as I said, I drew a big Gantt chart on the wall yeah. when I first came in, which everybody laughs at now. But you know, the the point being, that was a that was a later phase. It yes. was this build it small, and scale it up over time. Build networks. You know, there'll be people who become advocates of the advocates of the agile approach just because they see it working they'll tell their friends they'll tell their friends you know grow grow socially as well as organizationally um and so that was kind of how we were planning to 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 progress and i think it was probably eight months or so into the transformation that we began to really engage with heads of service of the various different areas within the council um and the key for us there was that they were challenging estimates that were coming back cost estimates for work and we were saying in return guess what we can save you hundreds of thousands of pounds 
and of course then immediately they're listening which is great which is great because they because they said they're engaged at this level of hang on a minute the it people are saying that they can save us loads of money right so let's listen and and the conversation was then around prior to using agile scrum and those delivery techniques and methodologies estimates for big pieces of work we did projects they were big and you know i've done this for years as a software developer you you start a project you be told what you need to deliver and then some bright spark adds 40 percent contingency <laughs> because there's so many unknown unknowns within what you are delivering and it needs to be there and usually those projects do come out quite close to the estimates and there's lots of reasons we don't have time to discuss but there's lots of reasons why they come out close to the estimates or beyond yeah but what we began to say to some of our senior stakeholders was you know your estimates 1.5 million guess what we can do this for about 800,000 if you give us a product owner and yeah. you trust them and you come to every two weeks come to a meeting and we'll tell you how it's going and we'll tell you how much money we spent so you're never surprised you ne you never get a nasty surprise at the end of 10 months that you find loads of money's been spent and you don't know what's been delivered every two weeks they're in and they bought into that so that made a big change now that that doesn't that hasn't been rolled out you know, at eight, the eight months point that was not rolled out as a policy everywhere again we tried this with some of the services and we found it very successful it's one of our talks at agile on the beach and um, was actually about that with one with jackie ward the head of the waste service mm -hmm. and you know that that team with the waste project that we worked on with them you know they, they were absolutely in the detail of what was being delivered and they knew how much was being spent it was a fantastic experience and it did you know we were shouting about that because that win hopefully enabled us to almost to 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 sell agile to senior stakeholders in in a language that was a benefit a benefit to them which yeah, was sure. you know your costs will be reduced and you'll have security and certainty of what you're going to get delivered so I guess once you've got the momentum going and you can then start to show and prove the value based off of here's what we delivered over here for this service or for this customer, yeah. the buy-in suddenly starts just rolling after that, I guess. Yeah, totally. And yeah. it's on the internet as well. So when, yeah. people, when people come for jobs, we say, check us out. We're yeah, on the exactly. internet twice. Turning the tanker and turning the tanker beyond 90 degrees is, <laughs> is up there. And my sons look and they say, my dad's on the... Says, they won't for long, then 10 and 7, but they definitely look at it and they say, my dad's on the internet. And they click on YouTube. Look, that's my dad. Now, the fact they'd never watched the presentation because it's beyond boring if you're seven. But the fact I am on YouTube is good enough for them. So. Oh, pretty well, you'll be on YouTube again after this. You know? Yeah, amazing. Awesome. I'm on YouTube twice. That must be the best dad in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like um, that sounds like a like, pretty good journey, actually. So, in, you know, because you mentioned you didn't, it was at that eighth month point where you, that's when you started to. to engage the the sort of more senior stakeholders to show them the value but that's that's good because it obviously you're empowered from the off to actually get going start without prying eyes and hang on what is it how are you doing it there we're used to yeah. it this way you were able to build something internally small and then when it was ready it was like hey look at all this cool stuff we've been doing um and yeah. the, value, the value's there we've mentioned a few times key blockers um so i'll ask you a question about this bit <laughs> if we don't have a great let me get ready let me get ready so yeah key, key blockers in terms of overcoming effective transformation we have touched on a couple of things already and it sounds like you haven't had a, a ton because a big part of it i think from what i've seen in most places is like culture buy-in mm -hmm. that kind of stuff mm -hmm. but in terms of challenging and resetting mindsets resetting culture 
how how does how's that gone and do you have any you know so challenges so i thought about loads of these in the car and there's so many but actually one that is both a win and a total fail something that i think i've been really good at and really lucky at and you know how you can kind of mix the two up and think you're really good when maybe you've just been really lucky but um and also really bad and really unlucky so I, I probably have a tendency to think I've been lucky when I do something good and I've been I've made a bad judgment when I do something unlucky I don't you know so but agile coaches that's the thing and there's so many people now calling themselves agile coaches so just you know proceed with caution because they are a very diverse bunch and some can pick your organization up and can take you exactly where you want to go and they are these you know, intelligent, well-read, uh, human-centered people who you know, flexible thinking and you know, learned, brilliant people. And some of them are are dogmatic, rigid thinkers. The irony of that, but dogmatic, rigid thinkers, and um, who who in you know, are obsessed with implementing Scrum along, like it's a rule book. For or, or you know, some of these agile frameworks, it's not a rule book. It's not. It, it it's you know, it's it's a. A guide it's yeah. the scrum guide right not not the scrum rule book right but but for some of them and so it's dogmatic people and so we're really careful over time but but this is this has taken time so my previous organization where i was working there i just remember sitting with the director and the head of transform the head of transformation the director of transformation and and the chief exec and we sat there and just going how have we failed again how have we failed again at this really uncomfortable meetings but share a shared sense of accountability of like we hire people and they are failing what are we doing wrong we kind of began to build a bit of a picture of the people that you need you know people who will get their roll their sleeves up people who do not think they're just going to set strategy and then wander off so servant leadership among your agile coaches is is critically important continue without the council again we've had some that have failed fail you know if people come in and they're not working out you can fail them fast you know and then they you know that they, they they have an opportunity to move on and go maybe find a better fit but but definitely so so that is the thing more than anything more than yeah and i think the traditional answers when you're asked that question are you know uh, senior stakeholders who don't want you to progress at the agile transformation and things like that haven't come across that it to be honest in, in any place where i've worked that's a that's a fairly stock answer but more that when you when you go about the agile transformation be careful who you do it with because not everyone who's on board will be a lot you know will will be conscious of the people that the agile transformation is is taking place with you know Mm -hmm. um and and lots of agile coaches go and do loads of exams and come back with a ton of qualifications and it doesn't really mean anything so one of our one of our things that we you know i'm sure i'll probably get you know not everyone would agree with that with that that statement but but the the qualifications are one thing passing exam is one thing but what we do with our agile coaches at the council we test them quite carefully when they come in you know can they walk into a room full of people who need to drive an outcome Mm -hmm. with absolutely no prep other than their own sort of competency and their own knowledge of the things that they need to do to drive good outcomes and go and actually an hour later walk out of that room and the people are sat there thinking wow that was amazing that person was brilliant um that's that's a good test we test them in the field um and i think that that would be very important for any sort of transformation really get 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 those coaches right and that is that is your key to success 
you so. meant you mentioned it a, a, a little while ago actually which was the um the sort of training that you've put on across the organization as well which i guess it comes with the finding the right coaches i think from what i've seen in terms of some of the work i've seen at the council is that that's been massively successful you said just hundreds of people have been on these yeah. you know, the agile training i know you're now starting to roll out product ownership product management training as well yeah that's right how you know would you agree that that's like a big part of getting that wider organization or not just buy-in but understanding of when you come to work with us you know on a project this is what agile is if you've not seen it before and this is how how we run a team and how we deliver a project so yes yeah fully we do courses for the council people and as i said it's about 800 or so have done it we do the nhs so we're helping nhs it teams in cornwall which was awesome because you know that for us feels really good um we also do some we've done one or two uh agile for cornwall um just for members of the public so anyone wants to learn agile um we hire a room in a, a local a local venue they can turn up they get a day's course you know these courses are like thousand quid a day if you want to go on a course yeah so no one's going to pay for that but they're free they get tea and coffee provided they come they get involved and you know people have left those say oh, i'd have paid you i'd have paid you this much money and and the, the joke is they always say way less than the course should actually cost <laughs> it's like nobody knows how much corporate yeah. courses actually cost but to an organization to send 800 people on that course it's just astonishingly expensive we've been lucky because um well lucky and and we've you know maybe we made good decisions when we brought people in but but um so phil marshall who runs the agile training courses lots of this is is his work so part of the success of this transformation has been phil's fantastic talented delivery of the agile course and i love it i've been on it loads of times and i learn something new each time i go um and but but yeah that that builds momentum because people take things away from that and all of a sudden the terminology we try and use as little terminology as possible all the time anyway but there's still elements of it that you know scrum is a word people know what it means it's no longer a threatening thing they see actually it's always quite it's quite easy you could do this you could plan your holiday using this technique um and they now can do that once they've been on that course so yeah it's it's been brilliant um so yeah the the, the team the wider team that we built over time are taking this forward now as a big group and it's but that's one of the real success factors i think yeah right. so I think I, I agree with that totally. Um, you've mentioned uh, quite a lot actually around the the leadership team. So when we, if we should go back a little bit in terms of uh, how you got going, the leadership team within IS. Is there any one thing or what, that you would say is critical from from leadership, from tech leadership, to enable successful transformation? Um, yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, and it's something that I've learned over time. And I definitely didn't do this when I started out on my journeys. When I, when I took on my first team, because I, 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 as I said, I came back from software design and software programming background. You first take on your first team, you get into the detail and you sort of, you know, you, you maybe check what they do and you think you have the same expertise. As I've progressed throughout my career, the importance of servant leadership has become more and more apparent. And I've seen it in people that I aspire to be like and that I look up to and I see that that skill of stepping back allowing your team to trusting your team giving them the space to use their expertise to do their role and when you see an obstacle and i'm looking around for an imaginary obstacle to push it away but you know your role is to step into your leadership layer and remove those obstacles create a space for your team or for your teams of teams or your department whatever that may be 
keep them focused on the thing that is their area of expertise and that that is the for, for me agile leadership technical leadership all of those things that that is the key to doing it well and when you make decisions judging on hang on is, you know would a good servant leader do this or they am i doing the right thing and then realizing well actually do you know what i, I got a bit uncomfortable and i got a bit you know i got a bit stressed about what was yeah. going to happen and i was about to do something that wasn't that doesn't follow those principles and then you go back what should i you know how should i approach this as a good servant leader and people i in you know in my experience people if you empower them in the right way they they, they you know they grow exponentially in what they will do and what you don't even you don't even have to ask them to do stuff in in lots of times anymore and and you know i suppose the the opposite of that is give someone an instruction in the command tone wander off come back two months later and then wonder why it wasn't done you know which is effectively giving you instructions like a waterfall project which is you know stakeholder gives the requirements wanders off comes back goes this isn't what i wanted it's like well yeah guess what You, you know you didn't so servant leaders stay involved as well so servant leadership and and staying involved in to some extent and there's many different ways you can have touch points with your teams but staying involved with what's being delivered on a regular basis keeping in for that whatever the cadence is but being involved in it's not checking up on them it's checking in with them to make sure what can i do to help you what can i you know have you got any blockers that that almost should be the question that leaders should be asking their teams what can i unblock on your behalf in my layer to enable you to carry on doing the things asked you to do in the first place yeah exactly Uh, it's again and that's kind of a mindset culture switch in itself isn't it in terms of yeah um, rather than checking up on you and instructing and directing you and it's it's like you say how can i help you that's yeah. the, one of the biggest roles yeah, a leader can play isn't it it feels good yeah. to say it exactly. feels like you're a really yeah, nice exactly. nice dude yeah, like you yeah. can go along and just say <laughs> that but but people people appreciate it and yeah. there's lots of times where you know someone's stuck in a i don't know there's a go live going on and they'll be stuck doing something like that and i just yeah. i remember a boss of mine like you know going out buying coffees and pizzas and stuff like that and he was the most senior person in the room and he did know what he he was incredibly capable but just recognizing that actually all that other stuff wasn't important anymore and he went and did that and he came back and then everyone was like relieved and eating and things like that and you know but that was a really good example it's a very physical example but of of doing that thing of recognizing that that that, you know the team needed that support more than anything and doing that that you know yeah okay so so another thing that it seemed crop up and I've heard people starting to talk about is this concept of organizational debt so um, you know maybe in an agile transformation that's where you might have process or parts of your organization that still have a bit of a hangover to pre-agile transformation Um, have you have you seen that have you got any examples of the sort of uh, processes or things that maybe weren't right to change on day one but that maybe now you're treating as org debt that are the next things you're trying to overcome so I think some of the old cultural habits, you know, the cultural habits of the place become organisational debt in a way. And But we, we talked a bit about that. To find a specific example, I think the... So I think some of the release management processes that we have in place almost... And, and to, before almost... To develop the, the, the explanation about that, they're there for the right reasons and they're run meticulously for exactly the right reasons which is protecting this the integrity of the production environments right and making sure our data isn't lost that that in itself is really really good and but 
they are it, you know it, it is it is slower than continuous deployment continuous integration continuous delivery you can't just deploy immediately overnight to, to fix something there is stages which get you know that there are there are waiting periods where you wait and you get held up in gates right we're looking at um so devops practices and specifically the devops code pipeline allowing us to accelerate that now what it doesn't mean is bypass that and it doesn't mean not having the rigor that that existing process has but it's something that can do it like this it can you know so so instead of a person going through uh, visual checks of some things some of those elements can be scripted and they can become part of the code deployment pipeline and so if those if the criteria that the old release process or the existing release process looks at and checks carefully if those criteria are not met the code is not deployed it immediately pauses uh, you know it's not committed and, and and you're not able to go to live Cybersecurity checks can be, to some extent, done in that way. Um, in the same way, creating um, the the actual change requests and the, you know that change management processing can be done via automate you know by elements of the DevOps pipeline. So we're looking at that now. Again, I'm not really saying organizational debt. It sounds bad. It sounds like there's an obstacle people and obstacle yeah, process, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't really mean it like that because, as I said. It's there for the right reasons, but as part of digital transformation, moving things into a space where they can happen really quickly, and also with a hundred percent guarantee that the they are repeated in you know repeated test test cases, automating test processing and things like that. You know, you know that the test coverage is there; it will be run. And if it does not, you know, if it doesn't run correctly, you'll get a, you know it will fail, and and your code will not be deployed. Rather than occasional errors in manual testing, or you know. And um, so it removes that element of human error. It allows you to move fast to the production environments for certain kind of changes. And, and so that would be something that, yeah, you know, it, it, it's an existing thing. It's an older way of doing things. And um, over time, I think we would progress to, you know, to, to, to that being part of the build pipeline and the scripting of more things. And then that calls in even more things. What can be scripted? What can be built into the build pipeline for all of these different areas and elements of the organization? And that's that's quite fascinating. So, and there's lots of Agile on the Beach about those kind of topics. I've done lots of reading about that. It's, it's quite interesting. And some people are so much further along than us, but it, you know, when you have to unlearn one thing and start a new one, it's much harder than if you go into a greenfield or, you know, well, if you just start from scratch, yeah. you would build a code deployment exactly. pipeline in yeah. DevOps. Mm -hmm. You just would, it, yeah. you, you wouldn't need to, even you wouldn't think about it for two seconds, but exactly. you know, when there's an existing one, it is rigorous and it does work. So the systems are protected. So it's, we're not removing a bad thing. It's just that we can still progress. I What's think. the next thing on the roadmap in a way, isn't it? It's like, um, in the same sense that technical debt isn't necessarily something to fear as part of development particularly yep. in agile development you just accept the fact that you're gonna um have tech debt and it's and it's then measuring up the when and where to to, to to fix those issues yeah um it's probably the same thing in organizational debt it's something that is not it's not a bad thing like you said a minute ago it's not something that you should fear or that that inherently means that we've got something wrong it just means we haven't got to that part of the the roadmap yet in a way in terms of our whole transformation yeah um you know if we're trying not to do this in a big bang sense we're trying to roll it out in an agile way like we mentioned earlier yeah then you're going to get to different bits of that at different times and so yeah. you've got a bit of org debt that's fine it's just okay now we're at that point where these are the things this is next up on our roadmap this is the thing we're going to try to um to change or to to, to add more tooling to or automate more 
um, in the same way, like you said, if you were a new green greenfield startup, you might engineer it that way now. I'm sure in 20 years' time, there'll be something new or something yeah, different that, sure. that, that that company now has all debt to, to try and to change. And I think, again, yeah, not something I necessarily fear. Yeah, no, definitely. And unavoidable. Yeah, unavoidable. To, to be honest, exactly. even, you know, even that greenfield site, the, the, the lovely we're describing... Yeah six months down the line you know yeah, let's exactly. face it if you're moving fast you're going yeah. to create a technical debt exactly. as you go yeah. there are practices to mitigate it and mm-hmm. to, to, to manage it make it as you know minimise as much as possible but I, I would think that it would be very difficult to work in an environment where there was none I, I doubt yeah. few people do so. exactly yeah um, and again as long as you've got the buy-in and you've got the culture right so that when you come to tackle these things it's not an attack on a on an individual or a way of doing things yeah, for sure. or just because that's how it's being it's not saying that was wrong that was right for the time what yeah. we're doing now we'll work together and we'll get and to to change it essentially yeah 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 cool, cool. all right uh this is the last question usually calls for me to um basically give it Give a, a gift of some sort, food or drink of choice. Uh, so I know you like like your beer. I like the occasional beer. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, this lovely. is, uh, I think, last year's Head Forwards Ale named Mob Ale. Awesome. Thank so you. Uh, I also got a bottle opener, which is also Head Forwards branded because everything everything has to be branded. <laughs> the beer and the bottle opener. So there you go. Thank you very much. I've got one as well. And then just for the last question, uh, usually ask about and the the guests kind of um, any reading or podcast and that kind of thing that they that they that they read recently or listened to recently. But I know you went to Agile on the Beach very recently. I did, and just wanted to get get your thoughts on any particularly interesting talks or any highlights for you from Agile on the Beach. Um, that's that's a, that's a difficult question. So to to be clear, I think it was the best one I've been to. It's fantastic, and they're getting better and better all the time. It's one of the ones I haven't spoken in, so obviously it had a major disadvantage that I wasn't telling anyone my story. <laughs> but um, but but there was um, it was really really good. Um, how can I pick ones? Um, I'm just trying to think. Ones I really enjoyed. There was one about imposter syndrome. And I know I ended up in there with a whole load of my colleagues and saw them all in there. I thought, oh no, no, you guys too, you've all got it. And um, because I definitely suffer from it, and I saw I saw that, and I thought, fantastically delivered, so enjoyable, uncomfortable at times. Yeah. Like, but there's that sort of stuff, you know. The, that, there's that kind of talk alongside really complex talk about, um, the, you know, steps towards continuous integration and six steps that help you achieve your your goals so that was well worth a watch from a, a senior developer and it was re- really good um but the way that they also they split it off into diff- different tracks and, and, and there was the product management track and there was agility and organizational agility and you know they, they were really good and you realized that all my all the product managers didn't just go to one of them they were all all over the place it's just it's great so yeah i would i would love to go every year from now on um i think it's brilliant and it's a bit like it's 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 multiple training courses it's quite overwhelming because there's a lot of knowledge that you know and you get the opportunity to re- re-watch them online but it's like the ultimate training course and um, because you get to see all of this diverse thinking and you know i, I haven't you know it's, it's all really good so there you go brilliant no, thanks very much and excellent food excellent location all good so yeah really enjoyed it so. good stuff well thanks mike thanks very much for coming on today i think we've had a really good engaging cheers. conversation cheers <laughs> um, um, 
yeah thank thank you very much for having me and for listening no so. problem at all thanks Cheers. very much cheers